Hello, and welcome to another episode of the SirsGroup.com podcast. I'm JC. almost forgot to and say my name. <laughs> you didn't forget you were JC. You just almost forgot to say it. Uh, <laughs> she's past that part of treatment, guys, where she forgets who she is. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm Barbara. <laughs> and today we're talking about travel tips. So we just completed a series about the different phases of the Shoemaker Protocol. So after you get through all the phases, a lot of people ask like, okay, what does life with SIRS look like after you complete the protocol? Can I travel? I would say is the number one question that we get. So we wanted to provide some context for traveling when you have SIRS, provide resources, and hopefully just give you a little bit more confidence in life with SIRS. I think personally, like I refuse to think of myself as abnormal. Shh don't it's fine guys we can call me normal um but i think you can live like a normal life with sirs it's just a matter of packing the tools that you are going to develop over the time of having sirs going through the protocol um packing those tools with you yeah and remember uh, as a, a a glimmer of hope and like why you can be kind of normal after sirs treatment is the purpose of treatment among many things one of the purposes is to empty your toxin bucket so that it is empty. So then you have, I guess, some room for toxins in your bucket. I mean, you really, obviously, you don't want any at all. But at least your bucket is fully empty. You are healed. You are good. So that when you do encounter that biotoxin, we're not talking like another childhood of living in a basement, a moldy basement. You're not going to encounter that again, hopefully. Um, but you may encounter a bad hotel room for a couple nights. That's a very different exposure and different level uh, of um, recovery as well. So that's where like the hope is, yes, you still don't want to encounter the biotoxin, but as long as you are aware of it, and you are prepared and you use the tools that are now in your tool belt to mitigate that issue, um, it's a much quicker, much quicker recovery than curing an entire lifetime of biotoxins, which is probably what you're doing when you're going through treatment the first time. Absolutely. So when you are considering travel, the first thing you can think of is how can I make this as easy as possible for myself? We talk about this a lot when we talk about SIRS and SIRS treatment is like, okay, do you want to choose easy mode or hard mode? And it's like easy mode might be going to glamping where it's like relatively outdoors. It's an aerated environment and hard mode might be New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Or Florida. We got to say Florida because like, I was not going to just... pick on Florida this time. <laughs> I was like, I made a concentrated effort to not pick on Florida. Yeah, guys, this is me. This is my fault that I'm the one bringing up Florida. Um, yes, but yes, that is the yeah. and you can stay stay at like an extremely old, extremely old, old hotel in New Orleans. What what actually I would argue is probably worse than anything in Florida. So now we can pick on New Orleans. I love New Orleans, by the way. I have a fleur de lis from New Orleans on my arm. That's how much I love New Orleans. Not a great place for people with SIRS, turns out. But we don't need to, why do we always trash an entire place? I'm going to stop. I'm, gonna I'm stop. just saying, like, there are easier choices. There than are others. better choices. Yeah. Las Vegas, maybe another decent place, uh, like, as far as cities. Um, I happen to live in Las Vegas, so maybe I'm biased, but it is very dry here. 
very dry. Doesn't mean we don't have our share of water damage and mold, but at least it's pretty darn dry. I'll give right. you that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that that's one thing you can do. Next is you can call ahead. So you can call a hotel and be like, have do you have a history of water damage? They might not know. They might not care. Um, but you can feel a little more reassured if you call ahead and you say, do you have water damage? We know that a big part of SERS is like limbic retraining and making sure that we're not having these wrong responses to things because we're so used to being chronically sick and we're so used to being like living in our bubble that even someone saying like, oh, no, it's fine, can be helpful in terms of not reacting to that environment. So scope it out, call ahead, see if they have a history of water damage. If they do, pick a different hotel. There are options there is what I'm trying to say. And I would also add that if, if you can't, if you're not getting the information you need from people, at the front desk or wherever you're calling. Um, the other thing to maybe look for if you can is when the building was built. I think the sweet spot is probably close to that four to five year old building um, because then you are past all of the construction dust that would be a, in a brand new building, but you are also not going someplace that's a hundred years old. And the likelihood of water damage goes obviously up and up and up as time goes on. So um, that would be another another way to get around uh, or or choosing the building that you're staying in, if you can. A hundred percent. And then while you're actually traveling, there are things you can do to try and reduce your biotoxin exposure. So one is maintain a relationship with your provider so that you can travel with binders and VIP spray. That would That's ideal if you can travel with those things. And then you can also bring an air purifier with you, especially if you're going to like an unknown space. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's time to invest in a slightly larger suitcase uh, than you normally travel with so that you can uh, bring uh, an air oasis uh, air purifier, for example, and have that running in your hotel room from the moment you get there to the moment you leave. Um, one really fantastic tip that I owe to Miss Laura Spath. Um, if you are here because you're carnivore, you probably already know Laura. If you don't, check her out at Laura Spath, uh, Laura E. Spath on YouTube. But she travels a lot for her job and she just brings meat everywhere. So that's where she came up with this. But using one of these like medical, and I'm showing this on the YouTube version, I will describe it for podcasting. It's a um, like a medical ice pack thing. It's one of these soft little bags, basically reusable bags. You put ice in it and like, oh, I have a headache or whatever. And you put it on your head. But you could fill this with ice before you go and actually put this in a little cooler in your carry on. And that's how you can maintain the integrity of your VIP spray. I didn't introduce that properly, but VIP spray has to be refrigerated if you didn't know. Um, so this is why this is important. The reason this is cooler then uh, like an ice pack or something else is because you can dump it when you get to your destination and hopefully you'll have a fridge in your hotel. Um, but oftentimes the fridges are not cold enough or their little freezer section is not cold enough to keep this frozen. So if you have an ice pack, it'll just melt and now it's useless to you on your way back because TSA is going to make you throw it away uh, if it's in your carry-on. Um, but if you use one of these... Um, you can just refill it with ice the morning you leave, and now you have your ice on your way through. The one exception to that rule is international travel. Internationally, 
ice is not okay or whatever whatever this is that like ice in in a in a container like that will not be okay but at least you can have ice on your way to the airport you can dump it and then you can refill that bag with ice once you get past security so that's my little like weird tangent on the icing uh travel thing for vip spray yeah that's super helpful And then I think the last thing we would say about traveling is very often we have people who feel very concerned about they have had SIRS, they've finally recovered from SIRS, or they're going through treatment, and they are so concerned about the environments that they are going into. I would, they give themselves anxiety or they worry about it is how I would frame that. And I think that it's, we shouldn't worry because we don't have to. And it's just not helpful in the sense that either you will be exposed or you won't. But what you can be is you can be aware. You can be aware that you have SIRS. You can travel with your tools, both in terms of concepts, like being outside is better, and physical aids, like an air purifier. And when you get to your destination, you can enjoy your time there. And you can feel safe in the knowledge that even if you are exposed, you can do a couple weeks of binders and bounce back really quickly. We have uh, one of our members, Corey, Meat-Based Health. She always says that having SIRS is like having diabetes in the sense that you wouldn't leave home without your insulin. And as someone with SIRS, you just don't leave home without that awareness that you do have a condition that makes you more susceptible to biotoxins. But the cool thing is, is they're treatable and it's very manageable. Yes. And like I said, the the recovery from a momentary exposure is much easier than uh, your lifetime of, of exposures probably to biotoxins that led up to this moment of getting so sick that you sought treatment. So, um, and I, I have heard of some people, uh, and again, talk to your practitioner uh, when when you're deciding what to do, but some people will actually take binders ahead of travel. They'll start when they're still home and they will take them the entire time that they are gone and then for a couple weeks when they come back before symptoms even take place. But other people, you may want to experience uh, travel and then notice, oh, you know what? My nose is getting stuffy or my joint pain is acting up and you start to realize, oh, these little symptoms are coming back. I should get on binders like right now and start that process. So um, definitely work with your practitioner to figure out what works best for you. What's going to make you feel your best and not worry, like JC just said, um, about whatever you're about to experience or possibly be exposed to. Um, But otherwise, you're living your life and enjoying the world around you still. That's very, very important. And the treatment itself should get you to a point where you are so resilient that you can get to that point where you're not worried about it in the way that you maybe are now, now that you're still sick and not through with treatment. A hundred percent. And the one thing I did want to mention as part of uh, what Barbara was saying, like you notice symptoms coming back, you can take the VCS test. So if you pass the VCS test in a safe environment, um, it's clinically shown, they have research on this, that at three days after exposure, you'll fail the VCS test. So if you're not sure and you just want to check it out, you come back from your vacation and three days later, take the VCS test. Give yourself that peace of mind. Absolutely. That's a great and one more uh, reason to possibly think about investing in the unlimited pack of the VCS test um, to be able to go in and just test whenever that happens especially if you travel often, I think it's a great thing to just 
keep track of and make sure that you're all good. And I think sometimes we talk about things like people know what we're talking about. The VCS test is testing your ability to see blurred lines because biotoxins have both a direct impact on your nerve function and create an inflammatory response that kind of clogs up the tiny capillaries in the back of your eye. You lose the ability to see blurred lines if you are exposed to biotoxins. So the VCS test, and you can take it at vcstest.com. And as Barbara said, you can pay for like an unlimited pack. So you could just take it whenever you want. Um, it'll help you understand at the beginning of your treatment, how you're progressing through treatment, but then after treatment, it's another tool in your toolbox that you can use to see if you've been re-exposed. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Cause yeah, we use our lingo and then I forget. <laughs> yeah. That's why I created a glossary in the SERS group, uh, because I just realized that we were saying things like people should understand what we were talking about. Right. And that's not always the case and it's not their fault. So yes. And speaking of the SERS group, if you would like more resources and information and support and love and travel tips from other people who are experiencing travel, maybe a lot more than even we are, and they have their own tips to share, uh, you can visit us at thesersgroup.com and join. And then you're in a really awesome community with lots of helpful people like that. We'll see you over there. See you then. <laughs>